welcome to on Microsoft, the uh, on uh, on podcast, the on Microsoft podcast. Where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, we have uh, actually a special podcast today. Normally, we kind of run through the week's information and kind of give you our own opinions and try and crack a few jokes. But uh, that's going to be a little different today. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, someone I've actually been following for, I want to say, like the last three years now or so, since I've really been kind of detached myself from, you know, uh, cable TV and I've just jumped straight into YouTube. So <laughs> all of your content comes up as like one of my like, you know, uh, in my feed. So uh, we have Brad here who uh, I believe, you know, through his own admission, it kind of tests and review things uh, for, uh, I mean, on a technical aspect, but for artists. And it's super amazing. He covers a ton of stuff. We are Microsoft centric here, uh, but he covers a broad swath of things, but we have the new Microsoft toys. So I'm joined with Brad today and my, you know, the world's greatest co-host. Arif Bacchus. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Brad's career, uh, his, his involvement with YouTube, but mostly what he thinks about all of the new Microsoft products and Windows 11, because uh, I know he works uh, both with iOS and uh, Windows, and he seems to be very fluid with both. So we'd like to see uh, what his opinions are on that. So without further ado... I will let Eric uh, start off with the first question. So the first question we always ask our guests is kind of a personal one. We, um, our audience is all, always curious about our guests. So how exactly did you get started with what you do? And why do you do what you do? <laughs> oh, OK. So I got started, it was about six years ago. Um, and I was, I was a UX designer, graphic designer. And I was working on site with the client. And uh, one of one of my clients' clients was Microsoft. It was a telecom company. And and so they got a bunch of like Surface Pro 2s and they were designing their app to be touch-based because at the time Windows 8 was new and they were trying to impress their client by making this touch-based interface and everything. So they had these Surface Pro 2s floating around. Uh, I had worked with one of the developers at, on that team for several years on other projects. And I complained about iPad styluses all the time. This is before the <laughs> Apple Pencil. This is, And so uh, I liked incorporating illustration in my, my graphic design work, but I had a Wacom tablet with like this big power brick and all these wires and it was heavy and I couldn't take it with me. So um, he, was, he was telling me for weeks, he was like, man, you gotta try the Surface Pro 2. It comes with the pen, the pen's powered by Wacom. It's good. And I was so done with pens at this point. I had tried like six different styluses for the iPad. I had heard it all. And I was like, you don't understand. It's horrible. It's terrible <laughs> out there. And so finally one day at lunch, he got me to try this thing and he put Photoshop on it. And I just started drawing and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. So I'm like, I was ready to run out the door and get one that night. And I think I even said that to him, like, I might buy one of these. Like, I might pick one up this week. And he's like, don't wait. The Surface Pro 3 is coming out. They just announced it. Just wait a few weeks. So I did. I waited a few weeks. It was like day one. It comes out. I go to the Microsoft store. I'd never been to a Microsoft store. I've been a Mac guy for the better part of a decade at that point. And, uh, and it was funny because I was used to, like, launch events from Apple where you wait in line to get your iPhone and stuff like that. And here <laughs> I show up and there's like one guy playing Xbox in the corner and they had like, but they had all the banners and stuff out that they were all excited. So they were really pumped that I came day one for this new product launch. Right. 
So I got my Surface, got my pen. I'm making the story way too long. But uh, for me at the time, that that Surface Pro 3 was a revelation. Um, they That was the first iteration where they had switched their pen tech away from Wacom's over to what is now MPP, Microsoft Pen Protocol. At the time, they were calling it Entrig. And so it was a new pen and everything, but it was so much better than what I was used to on the iPad. It wasn't as good as what I was used to with my Wacom tablet, but I could bring it with me. I could have it on the work site. I could incorporate that illustration into my work. So, so that's how my, that's how this whole thing started. And then I, I was also a freelancer doing graphic design. And so I made blog posts all the time. No one read them except for people who were going to hire me. Right. And so they'd be like, oh, what's responsive web design? Does we need a designer who does that? And they'd be like, oh, this guy wrote a blog post. Okay. He knows it. We can hire him, you know? And so, uh, I like to incorporate things in the blog that people could kind of kick the imagination going like, oh, we can do illustration too. Oh, we could do logos too. Okay, maybe we could use them in different ways. And so that's why I put my review of the Surface Pro 3 on my blog. And I made, I was running out of time. So I made a video where I just talked to the camera on my MacBook and I talked about this thing and held it up and pointed at it and spliced it all together one weekend and threw it on YouTube, basically to host the video, right, for my blog. And it was weeks later that I, like, went on YouTube, and I had all these notifications. And I was like, there's hundreds of comments on this video. <laughs> there was 100,000 views on that video. And uh, from, from that point, a YouTube channel was born, and I never looked back. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I just started recording everything that came to mind at first it was just really scattershot of whatever was going on but then like companies would say hey can you test our, our ipad app or could you test out this like shortcut thing that we have for the surface pro or can you do this and i do a video on it and then it was about a year later the the ipad pro came out with the apple pencil and that's when the youtube channel became a real thing not just this side thing because I was just, it was dumb luck. I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, Surface Pro 4 came out. People were wondering my opinion on that. I reviewed that. Apple Pencil came out. I had already reviewed a lot of other styluses on my channel for the iPad. I knew about the iPad art apps when nobody else did. Uh, nobody was covering it or talking about it because it was such a weird little niche, right? And then all of a sudden, that niche just exploded and I was standing right in the middle of it and I, a YouTube channel was born. And from there on out, it's just been a steady, just put out a video or two a week, um, review stuff as it rolls in. And about two and a half years ago, it became my job. I stopped freelancing and I just wow. started reviewing stuff for a living and just never looked back. I want to be first to, I mean, probably not first, but amongst the people who say congratulations and thanks for the content. Like, yeah, thank again, you. I truly appreciate it. You are one of the reasons I actually... Uh, went out and bought Affinity Photo uh, because, <laughs> because of your comparison. I really enjoyed that. And it's been working for me uh, since then. I'm not an artist myself, but uh, I really enjoy it. And I just wanted to go back to when you said you had the Surface Pro 3. Was that also the pen that had, I think it was like 1,700 points of pressure or something like that? It wasn't until, I believe, the 4. Yeah. When it they up to like 42 something, right? Yeah. I, what, it was, what was it? Was, it? it was below 2,000, I thought. Yeah, nowadays it's like four thousand, and I don't remember yeah. if that original pen was two thousand or if it was like one thousand something. It was like one. Uh, it was an odd number, but I do remember um, as soon as the first iteration of the uh, the iPad Pro's pen came out, 
Microsoft jumped in the pressure points that it had for it. And it was like, oh, now, and again, I remember through one of your reviews of like, you know, how steady the pins were and comparisons of like that. Uh, I'm going to get into our next question, uh, which I think, you know, kind of dovetails into what you, you know, were just saying. So you can keep going along the same lines, uh, which is uh, what is life as an artist online been like for you? Yeah. So this is, it's been different for me than it is for, I think, a lot of artists and illustrators, because part of my job, well, there's, there's two parts to it. One, I, like I was saying, I kind of fell backwards into this. Like I wasn't like a legit artist. <laughs> I've, I've always been kind of self-conscious about that. You know, like I have, I've never worked in animation or comics or anything. Um, it was always a hobby that I did as part of the graphic design work I did. And all of a sudden I find myself like being the guy who reviews tech for artists. And so I've had to kind of, part of this has been me learning to be an illustrator. And and so one thing I've learned from other YouTubers and stuff is, is to kind of incorporate your audience, be honest. You know, if you have some kind of insecurity, uh, as long as you're not too insecure about it and you're okay sharing it, it's okay to be honest with the audience. And so I started incorporating that into my, my flow. I have videos about like, I don't like my artwork. How do I get better at it? And asking the audience for help. And then in some reviews, like this was sorry, three, four years ago, I was going through like art classes online and that's what I was drawing when I was doing these reviews. And so a lot of the people who kind of watched on a regular basis have been able to see me kind of grow as an artist, um, you know, which kind of has helped that that part out. Um, I forget the original question of where you're going. <laughs> I mean, it's just I was basically just wondering, like, uh, you know, you said you had uh, a background in graphic design and that's right, kind of what right. you did prior to YouTube. So how is as you know, you said, you said you're taking classes, your art has expanded and kind of grown as you do some of these reviews and things online. I just wondered like yeah. how the transition from uh, normal graphic design work offline to now being someone who reviews, uh, you know, tablets, Wacom's, uh, pressure sensitivity between pens and new uh, apps and things like that. Has that all, you know, how has that been for you? Yeah. It's been fun? Has it it's been, been stressful? Great. <laughs> it's it's almost this is the least amount of stress i've ever had in my entire life so i'll, I'll say that that's good right now at this moment in time mid-october 2021 it's a little bit stressful it's <laughs> yeah. there's always this point from like september to about mid-november that is mkbhd calls it techtober, techtober. you know <laughs> yeah and that's because like everything's coming out and uh like I've got three surfaces on my plate that I'm reviewing right now. I just got an Android tablet reviewed and out the door. There's two drawing tablets. There were some iPads last month. There's uh, I was drawing on the Galaxy flip phone. So right now it's like, it's just churn. And it seems like everybody's updating their software because the new OSs are out. And so there's just so much going on in the fall that this really is that busy time. But at the same time, it's like, I think the biggest thing <laughs> that that frustrates me right now is that I'm talking to you on the Surface Studio laptop or the Surface Laptop Studio. I love this thing. I wanna use this thing. And I now have to set up the Surface Go 3, right? Like, so it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not ready. I want to use this more. You reviewed uh, it in the wrong order. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think this this should actually lead to Irv's next question. 
uh, as we kind of transition into hardware, uh, what do you got for? Yeah, I, I was really curious. What is your favorite Microsoft product today? I know you mentioned that you went through from Surface Pro 2 to Surface Pro 3, and now you even have the Laptop Studio and the Pro 8 on your desk. But what is your favorite Microsoft product to date? Kareem and I, we like everything that Microsoft makes, but uh, we always love to hear from our guests and what is their favorite Microsoft product. So I just posted the review for the Surface Laptop or the Surface, yeah, Surface Laptop Studio. I keep reversing laptop and studio. I, I was watching that today. Yeah. <laughs> this is the the new laptop is my favorite. Uh, yeah. It's just the different angles and the pen, and part of it has been this iteration of the pen over the years. Like it, in a lot of ways. Once I started using everything out there, like anything you could draw on. I started to, started to get more discerning about what I liked and what I didn't like. And just this whole category, when I started, there was Wacom and that was it. And there were some other little things out there. Now there's the Apple Pencil, there's there's competitors to Wacom. You've got uh, Microsoft Pen Protocol. You've got a lot out there to use. And this pen just kind of stayed put in a lot of ways. Like there was more pressure sensitivity. They added some features here and there, but the main thing that you do with a pen that I do with a pen is I draw a lot of ink lines and I cartoon and there was a, just a lot of wave and wobble to that pen. And it was inconsistent. Like sometimes you'd have it and sometimes you wouldn't and different people had different experiences. And so over time, as other things got better, it really felt like this stood still, you know? And so being able to pick up the slim pen too, just, and I, I did an unboxing as everything arrived in my, in my house last <laughs> Tuesday. I, I raced downstairs, I unboxed everything, and I just used the pen. And in that video, um, I cut out a whole part because I was like, okay, that's just, it got cringy because I was raving about the pen so much, you know? <laughs> and then, but just being able to use it on a Windows laptop that you really love, that's set up for you, that... I, this is it. This is the form factor. This is what I've been waiting for for years. And it's so great to have the pen catch up. It's fantastic. And the biggest thing is before when there's wave to the pen. So what wave is for, for people listening at home is if you draw a slow angled line on your screen, it starts to, it tries to figure out where your pen is, right? So if you draw a straight line, usually it's okay if it's vertical, horizontal, but when you start to get into those angled lines or going around a curve, it's it's trying to figure out where you are because you're kind of between sensors and it's trying to average things out. And so when it can't figure it out, you'll see this little wave. So it'll bounce to this sensor and then bounce to this sensor and then bounce to this sensor. And it's a very mechanical looking wave. So slow angled lines really show that in a pen. And... So what you do to counteract that in any tablet is most programs like Photoshop or Clip Studio, when you're drawing in them, has some kind of streamlining feature or pen smoothing feature, which smooths that out for you. Because this isn't just a thing that happens on Microsoft devices. You can, if you look for it, you can find it on the Apple Pencil as well. And so, um, so it kind of averages it out so you get less of that wave or any kind of jitter to the pen. But what that does is it slows the pen line, it creates some lag. So if you're drawing and recording the screen, you can see like there's like an inch between where your pen tip is and where the line is behind it. And so you'll try to stop somewhere and sometimes you'll stop short, you'll go too far. 
And you have to be more technical. You have to draw a little bit slower. You have to be a little more careful. It feels less like you're sketching when you have smoothing on. And so what I loved about this pen is that all of a sudden I was moving fast and I'm like, choo -choo 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 -choo, and I'm just moving around, I'm sketching. And, and like I said in my review, I was having fun. Like drawing is fun. Like all of a sudden it wasn't this job anymore. It was a fun thing to use. Uh, and so, yeah, to me right now, I'm just infatuated with this computer. I just started using the Surface Pro 8, um, which I used a little bit while I was doing my review of this, but that's the next thing that I'm working on. And again, the pen works great on that. And that's more portable. It's a tablet, you know, I was sitting down on the couch drawing with it. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is, I'm having fun. Uh, so yeah, that's the longest answer to the question I could have given, but <laughs> the new products are by far my favorite uh, thing that Microsoft has ever done. This, I'm sure this... you just warmed Panos's heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever they did, whatever, uh, you know, I don't know uh, where they were getting their feedback. I'm sure they were getting it from a lot of illustrators and artists, um, but I'm glad they listened. I would love to know, like, how long does it take from the time where they say, let's fix this thing or let's implement this feature to the time it comes out. Because it's been, you know, whenever they show an early product like the Surface Duo, they showed that and it was a full year before that product was ready, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, they also showed the Surface, what was it? It was like that mini laptop thing that was two screens. Yeah. And Surface Neo. That, that Surface never, Neo. Yeah. That's canceled. right. Yeah. But I, I didn't realize it at the time, but a lot of the stuff they showed there, it looks just like Windows 11, like centered start yep. bar, a lot of the interface elements they were doing for the dual screen stuff. So a lot of that innovation that they were showing off two years ago is just hitting us now with Windows 11. You know, So some of these timelines, this is something I didn't realize until I started reviewing tech, that there's like a two year run up to a lot of this stuff launching where, the stuff they're dreaming up right now is two, three years out from actually hitting us, you know? Um, and so that's, that's kind of why I wonder with the pen, like how long have they been working on this? <laughs> how long yeah, has I'm, this been in the works? I'm sure they're super frustrated when like they release a product and they've already started, you know, I'm sure the Surface Pro, you know, nine, whatever is in testing uh, as we speak or has been in testing for quite a bit. And, you know, we're coming out of here saying like, I wish they had just done this and this. And they're like, guys, like, <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. We hear you, but we can't say anything about it. Uh, I mean, that's that's always, I always give it about three years minimum for, for a product. So like the Surface uh, Duo, as you were speaking about, the, the dual screen thing, uh, they had already started working on the two when they had released the first one. They had mm -hmm. already, you know, you can see videos of Panos with his personal one, which was already black, had the... Uh, Camera. Uh, cam camera camera hole puncher they were testing different versions of that so and that was as they were review you know uh, were just re you know announcing it and they didn't release that into another year so the duo two had already been you know being was already you know in the field being tested so about three years to three yeah. to five i would say for most products and i think that goes with you know apple and everybody else as well which kind of goes to my next question uh since you are i'd like to say uh platform ambidextrous or agnostic so to speak what is your workflow? How does your workflow differ between Windows 10 slash 11 now and Mac OS? Like I know you use both platforms to kind of uh, review all kinds of stuff. Uh, what are the differences? Pros yeah. 
So the biggest thing that I've been doing that I've done over the years is I've started relying on third-party services that are not Apple and not <laughs> Microsoft right. to, to go in between. A lot of Google Drive, uh, a lot of Dropbox. Um, and, and part of it is just a flow. So my main, my daily driver is a MacBook Pro. Um, I am a huge fan. Everybody looks for something a little bit different in laptops, you know, or look in their products. And the thing that I've fallen in love with with the new M1s is just one, how quiet they are and how they don't get hot. Um, I'm a very lazy human being. I spend, I have a wonderful beanbag chair over here that I spend a good part of my day on when I can get away with it. And so I spend a lot of time with my laptop on my lap. And uh, if it gets really hot, it's it's not comfortable, you know? So right. that's something that like the, a, a lot of the new Macs do really well. Fan noise is a big thing because I'm always recording audio. So if there's fans going in my computer while it's recording audio, that's a problem for me. You know, most people don't notice a little buzz, but I can totally hear it and I've got to edit the audio forever. So as, as podcast people, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and again, like that's, what's wild about the studio is that this really seems like it was a computer made for me. This thing is dead silent. Like yeah. I've, I know the fans are going because I can set my hand over here and feel warm air blowing out of it, but I can't hear it. I just hear nothing, you know, um, obviously the pens for me, but it was like, you go down, the speakers are really good. Like that's something that I look for in a computer. It was like a checklist of things that Brad looks for in a computer and they just <laughs> went and, uh, and so I can look at this thing and, being platform agnostic also gives me the ability to look at this and and look at all platforms and try to understand what other people see in them. And part of that comes from the YouTube comments. You know, if when I started <laughs> looking at Android tablets, uh, people would be like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? You compare that to Apple, but you forgot this. And you over time, you learn what do other people value in that platform? And that is incredibly helpful because it's, you know, it's one thing to review a pen and say, this is good, but to really understand why people don't like Apple, even though I am an Apple fan, that has made me a better reviewer, you know, because <laughs> now I can say, okay, they don't get like getting locked in the ecosystem. Or if you don't have iCloud and you have an Apple account, man, you're like, you're missing, like, <laughs> I, this is something I never realized, like, you run out of storage quick, it bugs yeah. you all the time, um, you know, those little things that you don't know as an Apple user that other people see when they jump into the ecosystem, right? So, um, yeah, uh, the being able to jump from thing to thing also, I think it gives me street cred in a lot of ways. Yeah. For the last yeah. three years, I've been using Android phones, um, just because there's been a lot of cool Android phones out there. And I just switched back to iPhone like two weeks ago. But I, I'm glad I did that Android experience because I got to live in those ecosystems. I got to really use it as a daily driver. Uh, and, and I think I said this in my review about the laptop is that I'm tempted to go like, in fact, I'm kind of kicking myself because I got the lowest configuration of this. And now I'm like, yeah. if I'm going to do video. I need more than 256 you know, gigs of storage on this thing. But this is the first Windows laptop I've used in ages where I'm like, this could be my daily driver. Like, this could be it. Like, this could replace the MacBook 
it gets hot. So I wouldn't want to keep it on my lap all day. But other than that, like it nails every other, you know, every other check mark. And maybe using it for a year as my main computer will help me understand this ecosystem better. And then when I go back to using a Mac, or maybe I won't go back to using Mac, <laughs> you know, I'll kind of understand why why people like it so much. Um, yeah, but but for it's the gonna be, part, yeah, it's going to be a bit difficult for you next week because you're going to have to make a decision between continuing with the, the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. whatever new M1. M1 X yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm using a 13 inch. I have too many gadgets. I, <laughs> <laughs> my because I have two MacBooks that I use, um, and I just kind of bounce between them. Uh, the thing I got to figure out with Windows is that my workflow involves a lot of like AirDrop, which is this, and I know there's Windows based versions of that, but it's just basically file sharing over Wi Fi that works extremely well between the iPad and the, and the computer and everything else. That's the piece I've got to figure out. Um, but yeah, next week, that's tough. I don't need a new yeah. computer. I desperately don't need a new computer, <laughs> but I have a 13 inch M one, which I, I, I like, I detailed that why I love that thing, but uh, the 16 inch screen, I like, I, my hunch is, is I think I'm going to skip this generation mainly because I just spent way too much money on everything else over the last two months. Uh, and uh, two new phones and three new tablets coming out of the pocket over the last two months is is probably <laughs> enough tech spending for one one year. Uh, so. Yeah, no, definitely. And I was going to just ask one backtracking question. Uh, you had mentioned you went back to the iPhone. Uh, and I was wondering, was the impetus because I know I think I remember seeing reviews of the note are you since samsung is kind of stepped away from that in, in in some aspects is that part of the reason why you're like all right i can move back to to the iphone and not miss anything in android as far as uh, an artist uh, review uh, aspect yeah i think that was pretty much it there was no note this year um and i'd been using notes the last two years I think for me it was oh i know what it was the big thing that won me over was uh, the notes app on the ipad so they beefed that up and i've always used google docs for all my for all my scripts and everything but i loved what they what they're doing with the notes app and i thought well that and synced calendars my wife's on apple calendars and i was using google and that was a whole thing so i think for me it was just getting on the same page as my family and just getting everything synced up and the other thing was, is every year I like to buy myself a piece of technology that I'm not going to review <laughs> because <laughs> when you, when you get something in Google, you're like, oh, wow, you use it for a week, you love it. And then you shove it aside and then you go to the next thing and you use that. And um, so this year's piece of toy tech for me that I don't review, that I just use purely for fun is the iPhone 13. So that that's my toy. Last year, it was a Microsoft product. It was the Xbox Series X. So um, that was the toy of the year. That was a good toy. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be proving to still be a good one. I, I can't get my hands on one, but I, I want to at some point. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And, and Xbox Game Pass is fantastic. Uh, yeah. it's, it's so good. Yeah, did, you, did you try your uh, Game Pass on the studio, pull down the screen towards you, and then just put it in, prop it in your lap and play uh, Xbox Game Pass games on it? I have not tried that yet. 
Uh, That's what I, did... I was doing the other day, and it was so amazing. The screen is so <laughs> vibrant; it makes your game look so different. Were you str- were you streaming those games, or did you load a game on there? I streamed it th- from the cloud, and okay. I played uh, Forza from the cloud. But I also downloaded a flight simulator. But you have the base model, but I have the RTX model, and I was playing flight sim on this thing, and it's pretty surprising. That this is a very capable machine because I was able to get like 35 or 40 frames on such a small and compact machine on the Surface Laptop Studio. Nice. Now I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm propping this thing in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to offer the suggestion. I was actually, I have a Surface Pro 7 Plus, and obviously it's not made for gaming, but if you were interested or concerned about uh, your devices getting heated or storage, anything like that, xCloud is what I've been doing uh, yeah. on all my devices. I have an old Surface Book 1, I have a Surface Laptop 3. Like all of them I've been streaming xCloud. And I have a pretty decent connection. I'm down here in Florida. But uh, it's one of the ways that you can have the Surface Laptop Studio on your lap and not have to worry about heat or fans and still you know, use the beautiful screen, yeah. use the, the tablet mo- or the tent motor. Uh, no, it's studio mode. <laughs> um, for, for that kind of stuff so if, if that's something you want to do because there's a ton, ton of games coming out too that are totally yeah but, i've been uh, i've been yeah. all in on the xbox i was checking out some of the games that are on the pc version because i have the ultimate package and i haven't yeah. played many of these pc games but like there's age vampires coming out there's yep. man yeah there's there's a lot <laughs> i wish i had time <laughs> <laughs> right and then, I mean, uh, to this aspect, and I, I want to maybe spend just a few couple minutes on this, because I know a lot of other people haven't yet, and you seem to be one of very few that have unboxed the Surface Go. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if you've had a chance. To, I think you said you're about to set up, start playing with it. But if you yeah. could speak on that and just kind of the overall uh, foray of hardware that you've had from, from the Surface event, the, the like next two products or whatever, and how they've kind yeah. of, either advanced or fallen back in some aspects. Just kind of give us your overview of those because, uh, like I said, I you know I love having you on because you've used everything. Yeah. I haven't used the Go yet, so it's, it's ah, not a good setup. But here's what I'm going to be looking at. Uh, number one, uh, the power. Because last time around, you know, with some devices, and this is the thing with an iPad or an Android tablet, if you get like an entry-level iPad and you get it out of the box and you load up an art app on it, it runs great. Like it is, there is no lag. It is just speed, go, you're fine. And that's just not, that's not how laptops are made. That's not how computers, work. you know what I mean? Like, uh, and even if there was like a $500 Mac, you'd have the same problem. Right. Like if you put the same specs in an Intel chip and four gigs of RAM, you're going to have the same problem if you're running some art program. Right. So that's the big thing that I want to look at. But the big question that I know everybody has whenever a Surface Go comes out is it's a budget device and they want to know, is it good enough? You know, like, can I get away with this? Can I, you know, so I had the base model. I think with the Go 2, weren't they running like a pared down version of Windows? Like it wasn't full Windows 10. Yeah, all of yeah. all of these Surface Go products always had the S mode, where you only could uh, download apps from the store, but you could also just go to the store and unlock it, quote unquote, that's to Windows yeah. to Windows 10 Home. Yeah. Yep, that's what I did. Do you know if there's S mode in Windows 11, or is that is I, that gone? I think it does come in S mode. All of the okay. uh, the Surface Go 3. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I, um, 
Yeah, there's not going to be too much of a difference between the Go 2 yeah. and the, the Go 3 other than the processors that they put in it. Uh, so you'll be starting off in S mode probably. Uh, I don't know if the out-of-box uh, uh, navigator will give you the option to, to immediately go to uh, regular Windows 11, but as Eric said, you can always just go to the store and, and start up. I've tried. I tried for like six months in S mode, and I got, you know, I actually got pretty decent performance. It wasn't until I unlocked it that things started to kind of jitter yeah. and jank and stuff, so I get that, you know, uh, they're giving people options. Uh, they, just, I wish they would at least market that, hey, you know, S mode is where you want to stay. Please, uh-huh. please, please. And if you want to go into you know performance mode or regular Windows, these are some of the you know uh, limitations you're going to get to. Which is again why I think you know some of your reviews kind of point that kind of stuff out. Like uh, here's yeah. where you hit the threshold on even just some of the uh, artist apps or the designer apps that you you use. Yeah, the other thing that I want to look at is the the Slim Pen Two here is oh. technically so the box for this said that it's set up for like the newer products, like the Duo and the laptop and the Pro. And it didn't say anything about the Surface Go. So I'm assuming that like whatever is in there, but on the website, some because I mentioned that on Twitter and someone pointed out on the website, like yeah. that it it is listed on the website as being compatible. Yep. So with this pen, I used it on the Surface Pro 7 and it didn't i didn't get better functionality on it 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 seemed to to me it was just like you actually it was worse <laughs> than using the standard pen <laughs> wow. um, yeah i and i paired it and everything and that kind of goes back to the inconsistencies that i used to have with the surface pen all the time and what was as a reviewer i want this thing to work the same way every time like if it's bad it's bad if it's good it's good I don't like it when it's bad now and good later and I can't figure out why. And, you know, and so I've got to figure all that out with the go. But that's the other thing is the other thing people want to know with this pen is, can I just buy a hundred dollar pen and turn my surface pro six into the surface pro eight? Like that's the big question. And in my go review, that's probably what I'm going to be focusing on a lot, which is okay. If you use the pen on this new pen, do you get any kind of performance increase? Right now, my gut says no, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm wondering the same thing too, because you know uh, the Duo is ostensibly uh, Android, so mm-hmm. you're not getting any. I, I wouldn't assume you're getting any uh, software-based performance increases like you would with like the uh, Surface Laptop Studio or the Surface Pro Eight, which kind of uh, like you, you mentioned, compensate for some of that jitter and. You know, they accelerate some of the uh, strokes, things like that, uh, yeah. through the operating system. So you're probably just going to get the same sort of performance you had with the Go. To, if I had to guess, oh, I'm waiting yeah. for the review. Yeah, I don't, it, yeah, it'll work on the screen, but it's not OS-based improvements. I need to maybe I'll make take it. I didn't buy a Duo um, because I ran out of money, but the, I might take a trip <laughs> to the um, Microsoft Store sometime. And see if they have one set up because that'd be really interesting to see because you're absolutely right. If it's if it's a software thing, um, the other thing when I was testing on the Surface Pro Seven the other day, that that I can't. It, there's so many variables when you test these things. Like it was still running Windows 10. So is there some kind of software in Windows 11 that's helping the pen? Is there some driver thing in the OS? Is it is it that I I ran an update but 
do I have to update it again? So there's a lot of like, there's a million questions I need to answer. So it's funny that like, when I get something new like this, it's a new pen, it's a new laptop, it's a new screen, and I could just use everything out of the box and it works, my job is easy because I can say, yay, it's good. It's, <laughs> where my job gets hard and it takes a lot of time is when something doesn't work because then you have to exhaust all these possibilities and you have to be like, okay, I'll test it here. I'll test it there. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll do that. Okay. What if we do, you know, and there's so many variables that come into play when it doesn't work. Whereas when something just works, you just report how it works and you move on with your life. So yeah, I don't know when my go review is going to come out <laughs> uh, just because I think it's going to take a couple extra days to kind of pound through everything. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking I, forward to it. I kind of have a question that bounces off of what you just said there about it works and it doesn't work. Are Apple products more simple to work uh, compared Ooh. to Surface devices where, like, as you were saying, you need to go and make sure you have the latest updates and this app is updated. As an artist where you, where you use uh, apps and just inking and just drawing, is it simpler on an iPad compared to on a Surface? Yes, on an iPad, absolutely. On Mac OS... No, maybe not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you with Max, Max don't have the uh, touch screen because Apple right. is like that. You have to go buy the iPad, but the iPad um, is so simple. You just attach the pen, you download the app, and you just drop drop in and go. And usually, even on an uh, iPad Air, or cheap iPads, everything would work fine. But on Windows, you have to worry about, oh, is this enough RAM? Is the processor fast enough? Is the screen big enough? And you have all kinds of problems that you don't necessarily have when you just pick up an iPad and you go. Yeah. And what I find on uh, at least testing like external drawing tablets and stuff on the Mac is I run into more driver conflicts on the Mac and more Ooh. problems setting it up on the Mac than I do on the PC. And I think part of that probably has to do with the people developing them are probably working primarily on PC. Yeah. Uh, probably most of the people buying them are primarily working on PC. And so that's just where the troubleshooting happens and that's where the advancements happen. But yeah, the iPad, you're absolutely right. It's you just, but there's a trade-off there because yeah. with any interface, the more complex, the more you can do, the more complexity there's going to be from a user experience standpoint. Right. But but li you limit the complexity on the iPad, but you limit what you can do. So yeah, that there's always that trade-off. You know, do you want power, raw power, or or do you want um, do you want simplicity? And so, and and even in Apple's operating system, you run into that with settings and things like that. Where mm -hmm. um, you know, great example is iPhoto. Now that I'm going with like uh, the iPhone, I have iPhoto on my Mac. And all I want to do is take a photo and pull it into Photoshop. Like that's something I do did all the time on Android, but by default, it pulls it into iPhoto and you could do all sorts of things in iPhoto, but you can't copy and paste a photo. Right, you can't yeah, save yeah. a photo. Like <laughs> as a designer, <laughs> this is like the weirdest thing to me. Like, this is what you do. You open a photo in a different app and you edit it. Like what's going on here? So it's simple. iPhoto, if you want to use iPhoto the way it's intended, it's elegant and it's beautiful. But as soon as you leave that, that world, all of a sudden there's all these roadblocks in front of you. And, uh, and that's where, you know, on Windows, you don't have that complexity um, that 
or you, well, you do have the complexity. And if you know what you're doing, it's better. If you don't know what you're doing, it seems more complicated. Totally makes sense. I was, as you guys were talking about, like, you know, having drivers or, you know, looking for stuff like that when you have an Apple product and, and uh, third-party uh, software, or, you know, hardware. I wonder, did, did Sidecar, like, alleviate a lot of that for you? Oh, yeah. You just yeah. use your iPad Pro as just your new Wacom uh, with your with your Mac? I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there's, there's um, I think I think at my most insulting moment, I said it, it turns the Apple Pencil into a third-party stylus, is I think what I said in my review of Sidecar. Um, the, so, you know, whenever you're, there's, there's a handful of things that make the drawing experience good. And I mentioned before how if you add smoothing to the pen, it adds a little bit of lag. And when you add a little bit of lag and you lose a little bit of that responsiveness, it goes from like, this feels very natural and organic to all of a sudden being this almost like a chore, like, okay, I know this line's going to go. You just have to think a heck of a lot more. And that's exactly what happened with Sidecar, is you just add a tiny bit of lag and the pressure kicks in just a touch too late, just a, just a little bit. The, you know, like the line ends just a little too soon. Um, just little things like that, that, just, you know, a half a second or a millisecond of their communicating between those two screens it it ruined it for me. Um, so I almost never use Sidecar for anything. I'm not a huge fan of it. There's another product out there that just launched today for Windows called Luna. Do I have it over here within arm's reach? I do not. They sent me one to test, and it's sitting in a box over there because it's October, and I can't touch anything. <laughs> so I can this. Uh, but it's this little dongle that plugs into your computer. It originally came out for the Mac before Sidecar, uh, and... It turns your iPad into a second screen. And since it's a hardware solution, it it kind of reduces that lag. And it, it basically did everything that Sidecar did. And then Sidecar came along and eliminated them. And so for the last two years, uh, Astropad or Luna, as they're calling themselves now, have been working on a Windows version. And I literally got an email like two hours ago saying, we're launching on Windows today. Um, get your Luna. So that's another thing to test. Um, those that that particular team was really 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 um uh careful and, about that lag and very attuned to it because if you're just handwriting you probably don't notice if you're photo retouching you don't notice but if you're drawing you're going to notice especially if you're sketching or moving quickly that's good Glad we got that exclusive. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we need to go check that out and ask for a review unit ourselves. <laughs> Luna Display, they're called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't used it on Windows yet, so I'm, I'm curious. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll plug them. <laughs> and I think, I mean, that might be the end of our questions. I have one last one, just because we've been, you know, we're a Microsoft yeah. podcast. We're talking about Microsoft stuff. You are a fan of the Surface Laptop Studio. What do you think of Windows 11? Uh, mm, yeah. So uh, I tend to use things in their most vanilla form. Uh, and that's because I'm setting up so many laptops and everything. Even my like Mac stuff that I use, I tend not to go in and like customize a lot. Uh, so for the most part, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's that big of an update. Um, the, the navigation is slid to the middle. They've added some things like Teams is in there now where the, just the chat feature is in there by default. 
But if you slid this thing over to the left, it would just look like a slightly different color scheme. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just kind of a person who just uses Windows at its, you know, kind of most vanilla, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a huge upgrade to me. Um, the snapping window thing is kind of cool. Like that's a neat feature. I, I'm kind of curious, and maybe you guys have some insight into this that I don't, but I'm kind of wondering why they called it Windows 11. And I was wondering if there was the big, you know, blow up is the wrong word, but you know, people were getting views on YouTube being really ridiculous about how this would not run on a lot of computers, right? Mm. And I'm wondering if the reason they called it Windows 11 is because this is more of a security update and they want to force people, like by calling it Windows 10 point blah, 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 nobody cares. Like why won't Windows 10 blah, blah, blah work on this? But if they call it Windows 11, they can make a clean break. You know, they can get more security in there. And I'm wondering, you know, this is something Apple does all the time, but nobody cares because it's Apple and they control yeah. the software and the hardware. And I'm wondering if that's the reason, if this is more of a security update and they just added the coat of paint and some of these changes as a way to kind of differentiate it in some way. After uh, after the whole uh, meltdown and Spectre thing, I don't know if you, you remember that where um, they were bypassing like the TPM and all the chips that people that uh, manufacturers put in the PC, this became a very important focus for Microsoft is to try and secure PCs and lock them down and make them harder to access for uh, hackers and for people who do bad things with PCs. So part, like you're saying there, part of the focus of Windows 11 is security. And when you ask them, why, why is Windows 11 only working on these amount of PCs and XYZ, that's what they tell you is it's a security thing because of the whole TPM 2.0 and the whole the whole secure boot thing. They even had a video that we wrote about the other day where they tried hacking into a Windows 11 PC and it didn't work with the with the security features enabled. So yeah, you're right. It's mainly a security thing. Yeah, if I had to add my That's tinfoil good. hat to it, I believe that you guys are both right. Uh, it's also, uh, and this is just being, being a cynic and a marketer, it's uh, part of um, uh, an effort to boost up or kind of prop up the PC market. Uh, I think they were rushed in doing Windows right. 11. This yeah. is part of the reason why some of the UI isn't as finished as we'd all like it to be for us who dig even deeper into it. Uh, they were trying to get people to buy new PCs. And if you, as you mentioned, Brad, if you called it Windows 10.8 to Windows 10.9, people are going to say, well, I have Windows 10. I'm just going to kind of roll over to the next one. I don't need a new device. But if you say, this is Windows 11 and it's coming on these new devices, people are like, oh, I want to get a new device that has this new operating system, not this you know, UI refresh, so to speak. And so uh, I believe this operating system came out maybe a year or two before they wanted to because right. uh, the pandemic kind of uh, rushed everybody into buying PCs and the PC market knew that they were going to have kind of a, a stall, which they're having right now. I think I just wrote a report on how PC sales have dropped since last year. Everybody oh. went out and bought some. So what they're going to try and do is for this year is kind of buffer that by saying that you have to get a new PC in order to get this new operating system. Uh, to kind of, you know, even that out. So if you see, you know, what would have been a 10% drop is now a 5% drop because people are now, or companies are now refreshing their devices because they need to get this new operating system, so to speak. But that's me being a cynic and a marketer. I'm sure Microsoft yeah. would disavow any of that. I still think that Brad is right. It feels like they're doing what Apple does and they're trying to control both the hardware and the software and make Windows more secure than what it was before. So Brad is correct. 
Yay. I'll take we it. We will go with that. <laughs> and on that yeah. note, uh, we would yep. like to, because I think we're coming towards the end, let yeah. you kind of just let everybody know where to find you, uh, you know, your videos, where you're at online, uh, you know, things that you kind of want to plug uh, on yeah. our channel. Oh, the main thing is the YouTube channel that drives everything. Uh, I just search for Brad Colbo or just search for drawing on an iPad and you'll find me or drawing <laughs> on a surface and you'll find me. Uh, that's, that's what I think about getting to this point. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing. And then from there, uh, Twitter is where I usually communicate a lot of stuff. Uh, Instagram, I've been getting into more and more and posting things there. Yeah. But the big thing is YouTube just search for drawing on and then whatever device you're interested in and my <laughs> stuff will pop up. <laughs> Yeah, as a fan, I can attest. Uh, like I said, uh, as soon as I saw uh, that you got all three devices, I you know, kind of said offline to my my host, like, "You gotta get this guy on." Like, he reviews <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Like, he just, I mean, I haven't gotten a review unit or anything yet, but I know from an artist perspective, and which is, I believe, you know, where Panos is kind of leaning heavy into service laptop studio, that we should have someone who could talk to that. You know, I, I could just talk to you, like, "Oh, I opened up a ton of Excel docs." Nobody wants to see <laughs> yeah, but. Someone who knows about pin pressure and sensitivity, and as you're talking about the line compensation, all that kind of stuff, that is amazing content. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. This is a good time to be a Microsoft fan. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for a new device, these are amazing. I mean, this is just I, I'm, I shouldn't touch it because the camera's on. But this is such a beautiful <laughs> laptop. Uh, yeah, and when they first rolled those, like when they were doing the press conference and they didn't announce the prices for like an hour after the, the event, I was like, this is going to be a $3,000 laptop. This could be a $3,000 laptop. And I know $1,500 or $1,600, whatever it sits at, is it's a lot of money, but it, this is incredibly premium. Uh, you know, as an Apple product user, uh, um, I think what Microsoft is doing with the Surface line is they're saying, you know, if if our competitor, if if our brand partners aren't going to push the envelope with their premium products, let's do it here. It really feels like they're doing it, and and hopefully the whole ecosystem benefits from some of those pushes they're doing. And and I love it. That should just be the tagline, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I so couldn't I have would, said that a week ago, but now I can. I yeah. I love this thing. I, I want to thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. I again truly appreciate it, and I hope you know in the future we could have you back on. Uh, because uh, I value your opinion and your, your content and your work. All right. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brad. Go enjoy your, your toy. I think the iPhone 13 and the rest of your stuff <laughs> for the day. All, All right. right. Things that you don't have to work on. That's right. Here, guys. See you later.